And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep making animated Star Wars, Hope Molnax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering everything The Mandalorian. In this episode, we did it. We come to the end of another season. And you know what that means? It is time for our Mandalorian Season 2 recap and more! How you doing, Chris? I don't Good. know what well, the... I don't know these the Mandalorian answers. seasons are so short. We'd be Normally, we'd be like mid-season. We'd be at the mid-season point of any other show right right also at the time of this recording chris happy and or eve oh that's right it'll be out by now but yeah yep yep it is the tuesday night before Andor. we are t minus hours away i'm so excited <laughs> so i'm hoping excited. maybe it, between now and through the weekend i'll be able to get an episode or two of it in hopefully yeah, I'm not personally the biggest fan of like the three episode drop because I like to have time to like simmer and like be part of it and like analyze it and, and stuff. But you know, I, I don't mind it as much as I did with Kenobi because I think Andor is 12 episodes, so it's not like when Kenobi dropped the first two episodes, the show was a ha- almost halfway over. <laughs> yeah, it was like quarter of the way over. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't mind this as much, but still, I'm like, I'm going to be spending like a chunk of my day tomorrow just watching Andor for work. <laughs> cool. Cool. So, uh, how you doing? You told me you had a story for me. Oh, I have a story for you, Hope. Yeah. So I think I mentioned a couple times um, my band is going to do a 30th anniversary concert. Mm-hmm. This really has nothing to do with my band except that it just sets it up. And we had a meeting to figure out how we're going to practice and what we're going to play and all that for like on Sunday from 5 to 7. And it was like when I... I I went and we have an attached garage in the back of my house where my bike is. So I go get my bike and it's just starting to rain. And I like get, get, I'm only going like half a mile and I get there and it's not even, it it ended up like just sort of sprinkling and it must've really heavily, it looked like it heavily rained when I got out of practice at seven and I went home and it's dark now it's like probably like quarter after seven and it's dark out and I'm going down my driveway and uh, there's a a lady that lives next door to us and she's out on her back porch on her phone, smoking a cigarette and talking on the phone and uh, sort of wave at her. And uh, I go in my back door of my garage is just like a jar a little bit. And I grab the handle and the, the, the knob is locked and I'm like, oh shit, I must not have pulled the door hard enough, but I've been like, I'm, I'm alone in the house. So I've been check like I check the doors extra when I leave, you know, to make sure they're locked. And I'm like, oh, it's, I must not have pulled it hard enough. I was thinking. And, uh, so I open up the door, I turn on the light and I start doing, pulling my bike in and we have like some camping equipment up on the right side of the, in the doorway. And 
I see like a like a sleeping bag, and I think did that. Oh, I knocked down the sleeping bag, and it's like on the ground, and then it, it's like moving, and I'm like, oh, I knocked over the sleeping bag, and I go and I go to pick it's, up the I'm sleeping sorry, bag, moving? and an arm comes out of it. <laughs> And I'm like, holy shit, what's going on here? <laughs> so young, young black guy dressed nicely, like probably was at a party or something, is just curled up in a, in on the floor in right inside the door of my back garage. Oh. Like just 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 and I'm like, yo, you cannot sleep here, <laughs> you know. You can't, you can't, you can't be in here. And, uh, so he's like, uh, he he's like, uh, let me sleep. And I'm like, no, you can't, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're, you're in my house. You can't just sleep in someone's garage. What is wrong with you? Uh-huh. And so, so he's standing up. He's obviously super intoxicated. Like I smell like beer, just beer. And he's looking at me and like, he's, he, I, I'm like, you know, stand, get up, and and like he stand, he's like so drunk, he's like just responding like a child, you know, and sort of looking at me with that blank, like he doesn't know where he is, what's going on. I'm, I'm like, you, you got, you got to go, you can't be in here. And so he sits back down. I'm like, no, and then he starts reaching underneath like our shelving, and I'm like, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? And pulls out his shoes and starts putting his shoes on. I'm like, dude, are you all right? <laughs> and meanwhile, the old lady next door thinks there's a cat in there or something. And I'm talking to a cat. And this guy comes stumbling out and she's just like, whoa. <laughs> then he's asking me for a ride. I'm like, no, I ride, I, I rode here on my bike. <laughs> I'm not giving you, you don't get a ride home. You're, you, 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 you're, I found you sleeping in my garage and I'm like, you got to leave. And he starts walking over the old lady. Will you give me a ride? No, she's not going to give you a ride either. You're freaking everybody out, dude. Just, just go. And he starts walking down my driveway and then he turns around and he starts like, you know, just coming back like on autopilot. And she's like, he's coming back. And I'm like, no, don't shoo, shoo, go on. And like he turns left, which is towards my front porch. And I'm like, oh, man, if he goes on my front porch and I go down the driveway, which is only like 50 feet, he's gone. He's disappeared in a puff of smoke. We, we, we. She's like, where did he go? And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, he must be in the neighbor's yard. And we're looking. And I'm like, he would have had to climb their fence in like three seconds. <laughs> and, and the guy could hardly walk. So that was Sunday. <laughs> Maybe it's like one of those stories like where you meet um, like a mysterious traveler at the crossroads and he was and you you failed the test of of kindness. So he didn't reward you with gold and he vanished in a puff of smoke. Uh, maybe <laughs> that's usually not how it plays out. He won the prize that I didn't call the cops. I was like, you know, because like I'm I'm what my, one of my coworkers was like, I would have had my gun out, gun out. And, you know, my one of my coworkers just got his gun license. He's like, well, what the hell? He could have gotten shot. And I'm like, dude, there's no way you would have shot this guy once once you saw him. He was not like 
he, he wasn't a wild drug. He was like he, some. He, he was, yeah, he probably just. Got, he was like, some young around. guy. He was dressed to be out and about. You know, lo, yeah, you know, going out, going out, around. looking good. Got to a party, got too drunk, was walk, probably walking home in the rain, and was like, oh, and try and like. And it just uh, he didn't know what was going on. And like, you know, I was actually feeling bad for him. But at the same time, you, you know, you can't stay. You can't, uh, and no, you can't. let. And and I if I if that was a test, I'll fail that test every time. You know, there's there's nothing g- good coming to just letting stray people sleep in you. <laughs> garage he would have pooped like it like even if he wasn't gonna like rob the place and stuff he probably would have pooped everywhere so you know you know had diarrhea drunk diarrhea or something like all over yeah whatever (laughs) you can't that's not a sleeping place and it's i i mean it's not a comfortable place to sleep either it's a it's like yeah it's kind of mildewy back there oh yeah fun (laughs) <laughs> I wish you didn't like find somebody like that was like th- the way you were saying like setting it up and you're like and then an arm found that fell out I was like did someone die oh no no <laughs> in your garage holy shit um wow yeah my 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 week was not that exciting I just wrote an article about sex in Star Wars today <laughs> yeah well we'll see how exciting that could get that could uh uh, you, you didn't just write that article. Where is it right now? Uh, it's on Dark Side of the Force. Um, I said, essentially what happened. So this morning, I woke up in the year of our Andor, and Sci-Fi, major publication, has this article that says Andor is the first time there is sex in Star Wars. And I looked at this article, Chris. I looked at this, and I went, What? No, 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 no. You're not going to sit here and tell me that Andor is the first when my baby, Cantum Psy, fucking in Midnight Horizon, edged their... All they have to do is put the no, car no, no, in live action. I've been preparing this line. I've been preparing to say this line all day. My baby, Cantum Psy, did not learn in Midnight Horizon how to edge their gay lover for the slander and yes it actually talks about in a ya novel that cantum was edging their gay lover you're not gonna do this to me <laughs> so and so essentially i wrote this like long piece about like what the fuck is this person talking about like the books and the comics have sex everywhere cyan and thane uh, uh cyan and thane Fuck Ventress and Quinlan Boss. Fuck <laughs> Anakin and Padme. Fuck. Like, it sounds the like you, they it needed the qualifiers online or on screen and live action. That's exactly what I wrote because uh, it was pointed out to me later by Candace from the Waffles. She was just like Honda looks at Boba Fett, Aura Singh, and and uh, oh, who's the other person? Or sing and someone else and was it like that... Bosk or something like that? Oh gosh, who was it? My brain just stopped. It's um, I'm pulling it up now. Looks at uh oh no, Hondo looks at Boba arriving with Aura Singh, and Hondo is like, "Is that my kid?" <laughs> like. <laughs> 
in Clone Wars. And I'm like, and, and that's exactly what's the point of my article. It'd be one thing if they said on screen, because but they didn't. They just said, no, the first time in Star Wars. And I was like, let me tell you about our queer god, Cantum Psy, who learned how to edge. Edge their gay lover. Yeah, I, I mean, on screen, we've got nothing heavier than 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 closed mouth kisses really <laughs> mm-hmm. but in the books it is hot and heavy well yeah they gotta they gotta reward the readers somehow and i wrote too many innuendos and i had a really good time doing it oh yeah you use some you use some star wars themed did you use building the ba- bantha with two backs, or did you I use... said bunk? I said bunked the bantha, but I said um, the beast of two bear do backs. Ah, uh, oh, even and better. And I said, and loth cat scratch fever. Oh God! But you gotta had to had to bring Ted Nugent into it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wang um... dang sweet or a sang. <laughs> And I talked about uh, sultry Haydenson Christensen eyes, and bam, Padme apparently got pregnant like like Space Virgin Mary. <laughs> so it's over. It's two weeks old now, but it's over on Dark Side of the Forest, and I had a, a hoot writing it because you can't tell me that. I, I was just like, "What the hell is this yeah. person writing on?" Like whatever, 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 Andor. I'm gonna be impressed in Andor if there's some there's some uh, full frontal nudity, any nudity. There's not gonna be nudity, but there's already been confirmed that there's a brothel that in like one of the episodes, the first. Ooh, episodes. well, there was a brothel in Book of Boba Fett too. There. They're not. They're not breaking new brothel ground. Was there? Where was? There yes, there was. Oh, Where? there sure was. Where? In tattooing. Where? <laughs> it had Jennifer Beals was the. Oh, was the, that's just just supposed to be a cantina. It was a gambling debt. De- no, they were offering. They she was. They were offering him booty. That's it, true. It, there was booty going around in that in that cantina. So whatever, whatever, whatever. I forgot about that. You're right. So that was a, that was a booty palace. Anyway, speaking of Book of Boba Fett, because that's what we're doing next week, we have to wrap up Mando season two this week. So, you ready? I'm ready. So, if this is your first time joining us for a recap, hello, welcome. Um, The way we do this is Chris and I answer questions together about the season, and then Chris and I wrote questions for each other to answer, and then we ended off with the Grogu Volution. So, because of Mando being such a short season, we will start off by ranking our season two episodes and telling why we ranked them the way they did. And honestly, we're so close. I don't want to do this with like, you know, full like 16, 20 episodes, but I love doing it for the Mandalorian. I like having this eight up. I like the 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 top to bottom ranking rather than like picking the top th- five or three that we usually do and honestly like looking at all of ours like your number two and your number three are my tied to number two and number three yeah and, yeah like, yeah all of our four through sevens are are the same and our eight and our ones are the same so this is i think this is the closest we've ever been to the same list yeah 
Like, our list is almost identical. <laughs> so, Chris, what's your number eight episode? And mine as well, and why? Uh, it's a siege, and we, uh, we, we both... You know, I don't know. I was gonna say we both know why, but I like my reason is, it was. It's not a bad episode. It's a good episode. They're all good episodes. It's just, um, it's it's one of those episodes that always seems to happen in this sort of format of like a short season or a high budget show season, where they have an episode where they've got a sort of like shore a few things up and you know and and it's sort of in between it's it's sort of an in-betweener it's usually lower budget you know and just sort of has less cohesion than 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 ever the usual episode in this because like and, and it's the only one that's sort of like besides the tragedy and you know the, the the um and the rescue but the rescue does sort of have you know a, a, a the thematic you know chipping away at his thing this one this one is more just sort of a like an action like more of a sort of tv show budgeted episode and it just it just didn't land as much as the other ones for me it's less of a mandalorian episode and more of a promotion for a show that got canceled right right that is my thing i i even asked of like if if you know in an in a world where rangers of the new republic wasn't canceled do we think that Kara, grief and the mithril could carry a third of an episode by themselves yeah it's it's um, it's and they could but the the the, the it's sort of yeah this this one isn't doing the job of the same job as the other seven episodes yeah absolutely and i just it's you're you're right and and i want to make that clarification for me as well there's no bad episode this season like i think my this was my lowest rating and i think it was like a 7.5 and i think mine was a 7.5 too yeah like it's it's not uh there's no bad episode but like it's it's less of a mando episode and more of a promotion for a thing them. I just it's it's my least favorite even though that there are important stuff in it like the like the Snokes and stuff um what is your number seven um the Jedi oddly enough one that probably makes the top of other people's lists and it was it's it's good it's beautiful to look at but it's I I don't know. There's, it's a it, it's just it just didn't land as like huge hugely as as I thought it would. It's a it's a very strong episode too, but I just it was um, yeah. It's it it like I don't know I the 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 ones where the ones the ones that rank higher on my list are the ones that probably weren't hyped as much as <laughs> the other ones. I get that. I get that. For some reason, but yeah, it was <coughs> the Jedi: The Return of Ahsoka. For I so I want to go ahead and say this up top before I get into my number seven, my four through seven are essentially all equal yeah yeah 
that mine were all ra rated the same. They all had the same rating, and I had to go through them and sort of go like, ah, I guess this one, this one, and this one, you know, in this order, you know. And it, and it really depends on my mood as well. Like, as you were talking, I wrote this earlier in the day that, like, seven was the heiress and six for me was the Jedi. And as I was sitting here, I was like, oh, maybe the Jedi should be lower. I, I, I feel the about equal yeah. by four through seven. So, like, <laughs> and, and this might be different tomorrow. So just keep in mind that this is not my set list because they uh, feel about these four episodes about the same. But currently... At the time I wrote this this afternoon, I put my number seven as the heiress. And I like the heiress, and I think it's cool to have both its hand back. Um, I, and, and it does have do a lot for Den's character. It's just always been one of those episodes that just didn't really do anything for me. I, I think it's beautiful and it's great for his character and it's fun and stuff. But it's not like if I had to sit down and rewatch an episode from the season, that is not on the list yeah <laughs> not in my yeah. top five it was it's it's always been a cool episode it's just one that just never personally like i mean my jams it might have been a little lower for me if it wasn't for the boat the, I love like the, the boat. boat the boat is my favorite is i like i i i love the bo katan the return of bo katan and that she's like really good in the role you know she is. Lives role, so that was really cool. I think that was what they really like felt was the heart of the episode. But I, so the heart of the episode to me is like they got on a boat, getting on a boat. Yeah, and I think also for me, um, it, it also has one of my favorite himbo den moments of of den just being like cover me and just like running down a hallway, getting shot at with bombs in his hands. Like mm -hmm. it has one of my favorite himbo moments. But it, I mean, there's. There's very few things that episode that I was just like, yes, this is my favorite thing. Like, it's it's just not one of those ones that's ever stuck out to me. So, I'm actually surprised to see your number six. That it's uh, the rescue. Yeah, it's I, a I, it's a great episode. It's a great episode, but it's it's once again it's focused on a big thing, which is Luke Skywalker's coming back, which is really cool. And and it gets and it got me jazzed both times I watched it. Put a tear in my eye both times I watched it with with Grogu going bye bye, and it was just it's it's a fun watch, but like I I, I just I I just seem to favor in this episode or in this season the ones where that there's there's less folk where all the focus is on the you know the main theme you know there's nothing to distract you away from it of like luke skywalker's special effect is bo katan gonna be able to you know make the leap from voice acting to acting really well you know uh, this per ahsoka's coming back and all that i you know i i favor the ones that are like just you know keep you right on the the drama of the situation I get that. Um, my number six is the Jedi. And I think it's because if you would have asked me last year, this would have probably been my number eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is an episode that's grown on me over time. And I I have grown to appreciate it more, especially this, this watch around. Um, I like seeing a lot of the inspirations from like Avatar and seeing like how the show 
has seeing Ahsoka back and the importance of Grogu getting a name and all that stuff and what it means for Ten. Um, and so I, I did like it more this time around. Um, but even then, like I said, it could flip flop with the air. Because so. <laughs> I, yeah, now that I'm looking at my list, I feel like the Jedi and the Eris are about equal, and my my five and four are about equal. Um, and those two are definitely higher for me. So, Good. what is your five? My number five is the Eris, which we just sort of, which we just covered. Which it was, it was fine. It was on a boat. I liked it. <laughs> on a boat. Um, well, and my number five is the Marshall, um, which is, which is my number four, which is which they're like, so we're we're right in the same area with the Marshall, which I, I mean, really like that episode. And honestly, the Marshall could easily be my number four too, because I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about the Marshall and the rescue together because they're they really are kind of tight for me. The Marshal is a solid opener. The Rescue is a solid closer. And they are both spectacles in completely different ways. Um, the Marshal is really good at introducing Cobb Vanth. Um, he is a character that really starts kind of the journey that Din goes on this season, where he is a person that represents a Mandalorian, even though he's not, and it's kind of the other side of the coin for Din, where he's told he's a Mandalorian, but he's trying to find out what kind of Mandalorian he is. Like, they're two sides of the same coin. I love everything with the Tuscans. I think it's great. Um, it's, it, it's it's revolutionary for them, and it's just a really good episode. Just and it sets, sets a lot of stage for Boba Fett without us knowing it. Exactly. It really was strong on the second viewing. And then same thing with the rescue with my number four, which is it, it's a solid closing. It's a, it's a solid um, finale is what the word I was looking for. A solid finale with a lot of action. I love like all the girls teaming up. I love seeing Den become the leader of Mandalore. Apparently the Luke Skywalker stuff is really powerful this time around um, on my, on my second viewing of it. So like, the Marshall is a solid opening, and the the rescue is a solid closing, and so they're pretty much tied with each other for for similar but different reasons for me. So that's my five and my four. All right. So so um now we're getting into like Your four. My, well, my four is the Marshall also. We didn't talk about it. Oh well, I I really liked it. I mean, the, his performance as Cobb Vance is is fantastic. And I mean, it's 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 got the suka, um, or not the suka. This this one's got the pearl and the dragon, but it's 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 got some really visually great um, um, jetpack flying in it, and uh, it's 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 a it's a great episode. Um, but like, I think it's overshadowed by my top three. I think my top three are, are. Mwah. <laughs> so go ahead and do your three and your two because they're the exact same on mine. Yeah, so it's uh, the passenger and the tragedy, are the three and the passenger. The passenger, because it's I, 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 I love the i love the grittiness i love the gritty grogu in it i love the fact that that grogu is 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 you know that they, they, they've been showing you know 
Grogu existing in an amoral condition and you know in amoral circumstances and this is like and and the thing about it is with amoral plus a little little kid can equal really tragic and horrible without the kid even knowing what they're doing you know and, and it would be like it would be like a kid who had you know had had amoral role role models starting a fire at the house you know playing around with matches or something and and it, it and it sets up a really like gritty tension to it but on top of that like just the the sort of three act you know um presentation of it where each act is just sort of a different spectacle in itself you know and just this this you know great set of you know everything going wrong circumstances driving the story you know it's pure star wars while being you know with impressive special effects on top of it you know yeah. it's so it's totally it's just very immersive and that's that's why and um and the tragedy is the one that and and this sort of goes against what i was saying about you know guest stars and and stuff but this is this is the episode where i went from you know you know not giving a shit about boba fett to like caring about him as a character and being interested in seeing more of him mm-hmm. and that's uh that's 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 a good that's a that's a necessary thing if you're gonna do the book of Boba Fett and they did it so and I and I was sketchy about it I was one of those people I don't want Boba Fett in this man I don't care about Boba Fett you're gonna have to stretch some credibility to get it make him alive again and you know and really he's not that about but uh, they pulled it off so Um, the passenger and the tragedy are tied for my two and three because I like them for completely different reasons, but I like them about the same. Uh-huh. Um, so for the passenger, for one, I just love Frog Lady. She's just the best. <laughs> I love her so much and how plucky she is and how she's not going to take shit from anybody because she's got to be there. Um, I love, as you said, the spectacle of it. It's a gorgeous episode. Every It just... It just feels like one of those episodes where everything is against the protagonist and no matter what happens, something bad will happen next. And I love watching Din just kind of picking himself back up and taking care of shit. And then for the tragedy, as you said, I went from being like, eh, I like Boba better in the Clone Wars than the real thing. And then to being like, holy shit, I love Boba Fett. <laughs> like, he is like a horror monster stalking down those those stormtroopers. But then you have this like softer side of him where he's very honorable. And I also love having Finnick back. And I'm glad Finnick is back. I, I think they're just, it's such a good setup. And then just the Razor Crest getting decimated is just I'll talk more about that later but it's it is one of the biggest moments of the season so yeah the passenger and the tragedy are absolutely tied for my two and three and it's no surprise we both had the same number one I mean yeah we were we already were like saying in in that it was our favorite episode of the whole show so it was was the first time I think both of us had a 10 for 10 I, I think it's the first time we both had the same 10 for 10 in like 300 something episodes <laughs> yeah yeah it's a 10 for sure <laughs> so what do you love about the believer um a bill burr 
Um, but I mean, there's more to it than Bill Burr. The whole the the the, the direction of the whole thing, like the the use of tension, the the way they the way they play out showing the danger of them having the volatile chemical as their cargo and being attacked and, you know, and figuring out, oh, shit, <laughs> you know, all the other cargo trucks are getting blown up over there and over there, you know, it's and it's all portrayed, you know, very cinematically and visually. And it's amazing. But the, I mean, the, 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 the real the I mean, I, I like I liked Bill Burr in his first appearance, but it was it was just a fun, you know, it was obviously they were like giving him a little a little test out, you know, see how, you know, OK, we'll put Bill Burr in in in, uh, in Star Wars, but we'll make him kind of he wasn't purely comedy relief, but he was you know he was sort of he was sort of you know just playing his bill burr working class guy sort of thing and they you know they gave him they gave him a good twist as as to his character but like he could have just been a nice little side character and it was a nice little joke of like bill burr said that he didn't couldn't care less about star wars and now he's in star wars sort of thing but this one boy oh boy like not only is he a good character but he has you know the episode he steals the episode and he has a lot to you know he he like is the only character who can just like is 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 um verbalizing out loud um a lot of the stuff that Bill and you know I'm a show not tell guy, but this is this is funny because it's it's appropriate for the Bill Burr, the Bill Burr character would be the guy who's like, look, you Mandalorians are hypocrites, you know, blah blah blah, you know that that and and uh, and it's and it it works really well because Bill Burr pulls it off, and then the then the scene with the um, Imperial you know, Nazi commander is straight out of, you know, like, um, inglorious bastards or Django unchained. It's like a combination of two scenes from those Tarantino movies of just a, a, a slow burn of that's all done through conversation and, you know, and classic, you know, we have a goal to get in and get this information off this machine, but somebody has to show their face and, you know, that sets up a whole situation that just leads to Bill Burr just like getting pissed off enough to just, you know, sort of sort of mess things up by shooting this officer. But in, in fact, he makes it awesome. <laughs> it's it's like I, I, I leap up out of the chair every time he does it. I'm just like, yeah, because they just build it up perfectly with the conversation where every single thing that everybody says from like the beginning of that sequence to the end is is completely you know perfect it's a perfectly timed little piece of machinery it's wonderful yeah i love this episode love it love it love it for me i love it's my favorite kind of star wars i love orly gray star wars i love that it makes you out of every episode on this list it's the one that makes you sit and think 
like think really hard about what's happening. Like just the scene of just like at, of Den fighting the so-called pirates. Like when you actually like realize what's happening, they're the locals. They're like the good guys. Well, that well, let's, killing. And 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 we're not even we're not even mentioning yeah that that they they set us they they set the viewer up to cheer and be like oh thank god these tie fighters are showing up is that i'm actually really upset because earlier this week i was like you know what i want to hear that music i want i wanted to hear the music of when the star the tie fighters show up because i really like that piece of music it's not on spotify no i don't I don't it's think not it's on YouTube. <laughs> no, it's not in it's not in the the um soundtrack release of it either. I am so upset because that was the one piece I wanted to hear. But yeah, exactly. Like it's it's an episode that makes you think like when you hear that that uh Mayfeld was an imperial, you think, "Oh, automatic bad guy." And then it frames him as a victim. And it's it's is he still a good person? Probably not. But the episode frames him as a victim of this system that didn't give a fuck about him. And like, it well, is, you know, this, I mean, this I is, mean, we've oh, we've already broken the seal in Star Wars of like, you know, it, you know, so, somebody who I mean, Han Solo is an Imperial. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we we are we already understand that. But also he was an Imperial. Also, he was a he was a bloodthirsty pirate. He was he was going to just leave din to die, you know kill off din leave him to die or or whatever you know that he would have killed him if uh, you know he wasn't he wasn't he didn't think they should have shot that that guy on the ship but he wasn't too broken up about it either you know so yeah yeah and, but like and to me also this was the turning point for den like everything before that was a, it was a culmination of all the episodes before to this point for him to do what he had to do in the finale like this was the turning point um and so like to me like this is probably the most important episode of the season because it's 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 the choice it's then making a choice um about his code and his morals and it's just it's such it's it's my favorite kind of star wars i love everything about this episode it is so so good so that's that's our orders all right. Um, so, question that we had for season one is same question. S since Din is arguably the most developed character of the season, what are our thoughts on his development as the protagonist over season two? And my uh, my answer came off of yours, so please start. Yeah, you, yeah, yours would sound funny if I if you read it first. <laughs> exactly this. All Those right. Are well, the first I'll, two I'll, words of my answer. <laughs> I'll, 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 I just put in a sentence here, but I planned on elaborating it. This season focused, um, this f season focused on it, it being Din's character development methodically, and it is ruthlessly chipping at his fundamentalism. Every you know, almost every show is you know uh, a chip from a different direction from a different source. You know. But, uh, you know, there's the, the 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 pressure of, you know, trying to find out where Grogu is supposed to go, you know, driving them forward. But at the same time, every, at every stop, it, it, it just is is going like if you want to do the right thing, this fundamentalism isn't going to work out for you. You know, even, you know, there's just points where, you know, you're just going to 
as a, as time goes on, you're going to be choosing more and more like, you know, do do I do the right thing or do I do this the the man you know the or do it the Mandalorian way you know, so yeah, it's and and that was happening a lot in the first season too, but this one's just this this one's just like basically the the visual metaphor I would put to to that out of the season is the dark trooper just pounding Din's head into the <laughs> wall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same, exactly this. Um, I I think that this, you, you pretty much uh, phrased it how I would have said it. Like, the entire season is about taking who Din is and then stripping him away piece by piece. Um, and exposing him to new circumstances, new Mandalorians, new new and different ways to do things. Ch- it challenges his honor. Um, and it, it was just, yeah, it, this was, if, if season one was the setup of his past, this was breaking all that down. And I feel like season three will be establishing what his future is. So yeah, like, I feel yeah. th- this this feels like the middle chapter of his character journey. If you guys hear a weird noise, my cat's tail is just wiping against the microphone right now. Ah, hi, Miss Bernice. She's gonna settle in. I'm I'm wearing my Darth Vader onesie, and it's really fuzzy. And whenever it's fuzzy, she will actually sit on my lap and be nice and quiet, and just sort of sit and curl up. Every once in a while, I have to pry her claws out of my knee, but yeah, but. Like, like I could see Mandalorian being a three-season show, and if that was the case, this is the perfect middle chapter for Den. Yeah, yeah, it would, it would, it, it would make sense to have three nice seasons. Now I have a feeling it'll be more than three seasons because yeah, it's, too big of a it's insanely popular. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, so for the next question, what are your thoughts on the cameos this season and how they helped or hurt the characters and and the characters and the story. Um. Uh, the the legacy characters showing up, and I, I I was saying actually feel more organic than they have in any other Star Wars media. To to this point, which is good because I I kind of hate it when they like. You know, although, you know, Filoni's been good at, like, Darth Maul is the prime example of someone, like, really, who, like, it was like, there's you know, there's no way to bring him back, no way to make him interesting, blah, 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 wrong, 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 it's all, it's all good. But Darth Maul was also kind of a small character, this is like, and I guess Boba Fett is too, but Ahsoka isn't, Luke Skywalker isn't, you know, and, uh, but... You know, uh, I think when we first watched it, it was sort of like, oh, it's cameo of the week. But when you start thinking about it, it makes sense for Luke Skywalker to show up. It makes sense for Ahsoka to show up in the in the in the wide ranging storyline. Anyway, these characters would be starting to like maybe congeal a little as Luke gets his Jedi Academy going so so it makes sense you know boba fett doesn't make sense as much but they pulled it off incredibly good so yeah i i 
I thought I I thought it, it not only was fine, but it actually it actually was done right. It was, it felt earned and added to to the you know to the legacy writ large rather than R2D2 come and C3PO showing up and being like, oh my, beep, 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 oh, oh wisecrack, eh? Oh my, and then going off yeah. screen or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, if you would have asked me my first time watching this season, yeah. it would have been a lot more negative, but... Me too. Honestly, I loved it this time around. Because mm-hmm. I, I, my first feeling, I felt like all the characters took away from Den's story. Like, they were, they were taking up the screen. But now I see that they each represent a piece of Den in his growth. Cobb Vanth is the honor the honor that he should have a Mandalorian. Frog Lady challenges Den's honor. Bo-Katan is a different Mandalorian. Ahsoka shows him that he needs a choice. Um, that like that he deserves to give Grogu a choice. And then that goes to Mayfield, who says, You never got a choice as a Mando. This is, you know, this is a chance for you to make a choice. Luke Skywalker is the first part of Grogu's choice. Like, like every character is is there to be a piece of either Din's story to grow or the plot of future stories. And I, I see that now, and I didn't see it the first time around, and I like it a lot better now this time around. So, uh, so normally in this section we would have our our least developed character of the season, but there are so many characters. So instead, we're going to go a more positive route. So, who are some of our favorite side characters this season, and why? Mayfield? Yeah, Mayfield, Mayfield, Mayfield. I'm sure, yeah, we both have Mayfield on our on our list. Are you uh, ca- about Cardoon? Cardoon's ferret. Where, where'd that guy go? Oh, the ferret puppet? <laughs> yeah. He should he should be on his shoulder every time everywhere she goes like a like a parrot or like a um space monkey. I mean May- Mayfield by a mile and I and Cobb Vance too. I I and and that was noted and he was back in Book of Boba Fett. So Yeah, I mean I I also had Mayfield and Cobb Vance. Uh they are two of the highlights of the season. I love the return of Fennec and Boba Fett. Um, Frog Lady and Frog Man have a perfect love story. They are precious, and I love them so much. Um, and I, I also really love the return of both the Mithril and Doctor Pershing. Like I, really I, like I, I probably should have had Pershing on my list too. I really like those two characters, and Pershing is like one of the the characters that I'm especially watching out for in season three. Um, but I, I did love seeing the two of them come back. What side character could you have done without? None, really. There was nobody that got on my nerves. I'm, I can't remember her name, but Bo-Katan's sidekick in the bar oh, that Boba that's Fett... Casca Reeves. Casca Reeves. She just doesn't have... She just doesn't have enough screen time to establish much other than she's just a... As, ass kicker you know ass kicking mandalorian and okay that well that's mandalorians anyway but like she doesn't really serve a a super purpose or stand out or do anything besides just you know an action you know uh uh, somebody to shoot a lot of stormtroopers and so like you could you could you could take her out and not have it change anything 
about this season. See, I and, feel I feel that way, but about the guy Mandalorian, that's that's with them. Because oh yeah, even, well he's I, even yeah he's even. I, I don't even like, remember I, his name, and they could have taken all of his time and given that more time to Casca. Yes, at least like she comes back in the finale and does things. He, he's he not was, even back in the finale. He was so useless that like I didn't even remember to like think of him as a side character. <laughs> right, and I I like I. I feel like they could have taken that time of his character and given it all to Casca, um, because uh, at least she was in the finale. Even then, it wouldn't have been a lot more time anyway. It would only been like another twenty seconds of screen time, you know. It's, it's, it's more two or three lines of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More so. Um, so, what or who would you like to see more of? Um, May ta- Mayfield should be a full time like sidekick character. Um, more Imperial stuff, or you know, the new Imperial stuff. That stuff is fascinating. I can't get enough of it. You know, they give us little tidbits of it, but I would have liked. I I I really like, and I know it probably actually wouldn't be good story wise to do that. It's best to keep it mysterious and just dribble it out a little bit at a time but yeah i always want to see more i always like i i'm still waiting for the uh star wars series that sort of spends and maybe it'll be andor that sort of spends fifth like breaks up the time between you know what the good guys and the bad guys are doing so you can both see them working against each other and you know their their inner workings yeah so for me, um, the thing I would like to see more of, it might sound really weird to say because of the situation with the actress, but I really want Kara recasted because I actually really do like Kara doing as a character. I think the character has a lot of potential. I think her story is interesting. I do think that her being from Alderaan, I, I, I really find all that interesting. And so it sucks that the actress sucks. <laughs> like it's such a problematic and they had to cancel all of that because I actually really do like Kara's character. Um, I like her character, but like they could come up with another character to fill the vo- like character void in that if they had, if they didn't want to like recast they could get her. a stronger actor too. <laughs> like, like Gina's not a very, not the best actor in the world. Like she, she really isn't. And they, so like getting a stellar actor in that role, like, holy shit. Well, I, I think they sing. picked her. I think they use the Schwarzenegger model with her, you know, the like they 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 put the 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 template of a male action star, on, uh, you know, on a on so they wanted to do the you know they wanted to have her be basically the, the equivalent of you know a Schwarzenegger character where and they, so they they got you know and a lot of those character those kind of like male action figure type characters come from sports or you know something where they're physically trained so that they can do a lot of the stuff as their character and they have a physically imposing you know physique and that's what she had you know she knows how to fight so she can get in there and do do her stunts and and stuff and and kicks people's asses which Gina Carano does just fine she yes. <laughs> she flings people around great you know and acting wise 
she wasn't bad. She wasn't a great actress, but she was, you know, she 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 filled the what you needed for that role. And she probably would like as time went on and she got more comfortable with being, you know, Cara Dune, she probably would have been really good in, in the role. But like, I don't know, it would be it would sort of be hard to physically fill her shoes and make it like as believable but who knows you know who knows there's been recast before but you know i mean i think it would just be an easier thing to put some you know put somebody else in there you know yeah Uh, Uh, and i I didn't list it but also more just carson teva um the the um x-wing pilot that popped up throughout the season i really like him and I, i hope we get more of him because he's always fun when he shows up um what was your top what the fuck moment? I I know it should be probably the same as yours, and that was a what the fuck, especially the first time. But I'm picking the Grogu boat kick. Yeah, and these are all from the first time because you know I saw them. They I knew they were all coming after that. And Mayfield black blasting the Dick Imperial. Those were both things that I didn't. What is the Grogu See, boat kick? Because I saw that and I was like, I don't know what you mean by that. Grogu boat kick was when they were all like, they were like, hey, Mando, you want to see us feed our, feed the the beast? And then they oh. kick Grogu in the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, just like, oh, shit. Yeah. That was, that was more of an oh, shit than what the fuck, but yeah. Mine was the Razor Crest blowing up. It is so that was unexpected. that was a shocker the first time, and it and it still is like it's so unexpected. The Razor Crest crest is very much like home base, and it's just ripping away Din's home. It's taking away the safety net. It's everything is different now, and it changes everything for Den. And that moment is still like just just gets me in the in the gut every time. I'm just like there it goes. Oh no. Like it still just gets me. So yeah. What was your best robot or droid moment? Once again, I forgot about yours, and like I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say yours is is definitely the best one. But uh, I, I just said the dark troopers, I guess, because I really couldn't think of anything else except for like you know, brief Pelly's, you know. I almost um, said Pelly's pit droids because I do. No, not I, the pit droids. That's Book of Boba Fett, I think. No, they, she still has her back. They're, they're, oh, yeah, yeah. They've been around. Yeah, since but they're but one. they're just so, yeah, but they're sort of in there doing the same thing from the season one, and she's yeah, got the R five D four and stuff. But I kind of don't like R five D four, so yeah. But I'm 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 gonna say yours is the best. I'd forgotten about yours, but yeah. Um. So I picked the frog lady using the droid to translate for her. Um, for one, it was a good, great way to bring that actor back uh, again for season, from season one. But also, it's just a really powerful moment. It shows her gumption. It shows her ingenuity. It shows how desperate she is to to get where she needs to go to be back with her family. And it shows she can understand what they say. Exactly, and it's also um, a moment where she uses to challenge Jen's honor. Like I, I think that was a really smart use. I will say, I almost put the BD unit because I totally thought Beauty One was in this season, and I forgot. And Beauty One's in Book of Boba Fett. And I was very upset by it. So that, <laughs> that will be coming back in Book of Boba. That will be coming back in the Book of Boba Fett. Yep, absolutely. Um, 
is there a moment you're still not over whether it's funny or sad or happy like what moment in the show are you not over oh shit i missed that question oh no i didn't well oh oh, i didn't see that i wrote my answer i thought i missed that one mayfeld for sure i mean that that is just like that stands out in my star wars moments that's like what stands out as one of the best acted directed the best dialogue sequence in all of star wars mm-hmm. so that that one and um boba's return and when 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 he shows up in in his armor and just starts just tearing people up it's just crunching stormtroopers like popcorn yep I agree with both of yours. They're up there for me, so I added a different one. I don't care what show it is. I don't care if it's live action, if it's animation. I don't care what it is. I will always be emotional at Ahsoka's theme. When I hear Ahsoka's theme, I know exactly what it is. It takes me back to Twilight of the Apprentice and Rebels. It takes me back to her walking away from the temple with Anakin behind her. Like That theme song will always make me emotional no matter what and it is one of my favorite pieces of music of star wars and i love it so and finally the last question for the two of us what are your season three predictions wookies and i say here i I was like really (laughs) i said i don't know why but i i do know why because of black chrysanthemum or whatever his name was and book of chrysanthemum and book of boba fett i think I, and and like when they were talking about that, they were talking about, oh yeah, we brought what broke out all the Wookiee outfits and like you know, but and I'm like, all right, yeah, I think we're gonna have, I think there'll be some Wookies in there. I don't don't know why. That I'm would, gonna, I'm going Wookiees. Actually, have some nice synergy with the Bad Batch because we know there are Wookiees coming back right, in Bad Batch too. Right, and 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 so like, and this show loves to play synergy with Bad Batch. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. And and uh, and I think Grogu's gonna Grogu's gonna have the dark play with the dark saber at some point. He's going to have to like save like Din will be trapped underneath something or something. But they're gonna have a they'll they'll, they'll have a big scene where Grogu pulls out the dark has to use the dark saber to to do something important or or just or just as or just like din finds him playing with it and just like doopy 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 do playing with it whereas din just like half cuts his arms and legs off every time he tries to use it that's what i think that's those are my predictions i haven't had to make a prediction in it since uh since hope makes chris um watch cartoons and uh i'm still uh, working on it don't at me (laughs) (laughs) gravity falls i was just thinking about my gravity falls like having to make gravity falls predictions today for some reason i'm trying to find my work-life balance don't (laughs) at me for me um it's very clear from the trailer that there's going to be a lot of book tim den um so that is of course uh gonna come but i think they're gonna come to like some sort of head i don't know if it's peaceful or if they'll work it out 
part of me hopes they work it out because I don't want them to take Bo-Katan full villain. Like, if they take her, like, the Daenerys Targaryen route, I will, like, throw something. And and I'll be very upset if they take her, like, the da- the Daenerys route. I actually want them to take her in a, in a, in a different direction. Um, so definitely Den and Bo, but we know that from the trailer. Um, ever since I heard Alex Damon say uh, Star- on Star Wars Explain, Moff Gideon acting like Hannibal pulling strings behind bars. I love that idea. I think that's an excellent idea. If they didn't have any use for him, he'd be dead right now. Exactly. So I I just love that idea of Moff Gideon just sitting behind bars and like just like manipulating things. Like I love that concept. They got um, the actor to do it too, to pull it off. Absolutely. And lastly, I think Dr. Pershing is a character to watch. I feel like he's going to really start coming into his own in season three. We know he's in the trailer. Um, but from season one to season two, like he just feels like a dark horse character that's always lingering in, in the side in the sidelines. And I feel like he's just going to be coming out of the wings more in season three, and he's going to be playing a much bigger vital role. Like I just- yeah, the the TV shows are not like the movies. They they're not going to pull a um, Captain. Fa- they don't pull Captain Phasma stuff. You know, it, it, the TV shows they let they let things pay off and develop a lot more. Exactly. And there's just there's just something in my gut that feels like it's saying with with that batch coming in in the spring, not even the spring, like or, like late winter, it's coming in January with Bad Batch coming in January. And then Mando, like I just I feel like there's something with Dr. Pershing that's gonna yeah. be really big. And I mean, I, 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 I think we're gunning for Dr. Pershing also because he just like, yeah, he's he I mean, the stuff he's involved in is some is interesting stuff. Any of Palpy's tank stuff is super interesting to me. So now we're moving into the second portion, which is where we asked questions for each other. You should start with me so we can end on the revolution. Yep. Okay. This is the same every season, except I just changed the number at the end of it. What was the most neglected element in season two of Mandalorian? At first, I I didn't know how to answer this because I was just like, I really like the season. Like so much of it's balanced. But the more I thought about it, there there is one element. I am ready to see more of, and that is the state of the New Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we're having all the Imperial stuff going on. We know what's going on there. We know it's building towards the First Order. But we've only really had little nuggets here and there of what's going on with the New Republic. Like, mostly it's with whenever the X-Wing pilots show up or... Or there might be a sideline where Jen Den tells grief like, "Oh, the New Republic's a joke," and or saying like they they don't have jurisdiction out there. Um, but there's really not a lot, and I feel like if they want to build towards the sequel trilogy, that is the element that's missing. So we've been in the outer rim so much. I'm start. I'm ready to go more into like the mid rim, the mid rim, and the core worlds, and like get into that side of Star Wars more with Den and Grogu. Um, and, and I'm still hoping every day that at some point we're going to see Kaz's dad because having Hamato show up as a Senator in live action would be awesome. We know he's a sinner and that uh, we know that he's alive in this time. We know that, that like he's going to be doing stuff. And I would love to have a story where like they run into a Senator and it's Kaz's dad from resistance. Like that is the thing that I want. 
Um, but I, I feel like that is probably the most neglected element of the show. Like could have Kaz's so- mom too. Yeah, and yeah, uh, totally. Actually, any like we are in resistance timeline. We could have Giger or the Dozas or like anybody. Yeah. Any of them could show up. And yeah. It'd be awesome. Um, and I would be absolutely here for it. But I, I've always had like the the want to have Kaz's dad. I I've, I know I've talked about it before in the show. But I, I just I feel like with everything going on, the one element that we are just not getting in the show is what is happening in the New Republic. Why is it weak? Why does it fall? Because it falls so easily. And the books do a really good job fleshing it out, but we need it on screen. We need to know it on screen. I, I maybe they're just sort of holding back on it because they don't they're trying to like like keep them being kind of like unimpressive it's just sort of like weak force on the outside but yeah we're going to have to know we're go- uh, like i mean come on the the whole prequel trilogy and clone wars was about the weakness uh, and failure of the jedi so you can you can make a compelling storyline about like you know the the new republic being weak and and or you know not able to hold their shit together and, and, a and lot have of it, it be is, really good a lot of it is just the setting all, like the majority of the show has taken place in the outer rim and even right. in clone wars the outer rim was the least protected area because the out there the the republic at its yeah. height was spread then when it when it was at its greatest and even in the in the empire the outer rim is the wild areas that are are the least funded because it's just so spread out and there's there's just no funding there and so so a lot of it is the location that we're in the outer rim but if den and grogu go to say like the core worlds shit i want to see fucking coruscant i love coruscant i want to see Corellia, oh, yeah Corellia or like chandrilla or even Hosnian Prime, having Hosnian Prime. Can you imagine? Because that's where the Senate is. Having Hosnian Prime on screen in Mandalorian before it gets blown up in, in The Force Awakens, that would be such a big deal for The Force Awakens. Yes, it would, it would help The Force Awakens a lot, yes. Yeah, so I that that to me is the... I'm, I'm ready to get... Spending into, a good deal of time on Hosnian Prime would be a, probably a good idea to get you... To, to, I mean, technically, Mandalore. Give you a reason. Give us a reason to care for <laughs> stuff in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Let on. us understand it so we can care. I'm opening my Star Wars map. Hold on, I need to move you out of the way. I mean, technically, Mandalore is. Let's see, where are you, Mandalore? On my Star Wars map, Mandalore is either in the core worlds or the mid rim. I don't remember which one it is in. The that's in the green area. Where is my key? My map key. I don't have a map key on here, do I? Um. Technically, Mandalore. Oh no, Mandalore is an outer rim planet. Never mind. I was about to say us going to Mandalore is technically in the mid rim, but it's not. It's in the outer rim, so we're still going to Mandalore. <laughs> um, I just don't know if we're going to get a chance to do that because I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time on Mandalore. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's a thing that's going to happen. To be honest, but I. I am starting to want more than your public. So, uh, where's your question? So they are all right. Now that we've had it for a while, because it started in The Mandalorian, and we've had it in Book of Boba Fett, and we had it in Kenobi, what are your thoughts on the volume, and how has it either helped or hurt live-action Star Wars? It's a big mixed bag. I don't think it's hurt it a little while, but now that it's been around 
a, a while the novelty of it being incredible it's it's not a cure-all it seems like it's one of those things that starts as a cure-all and then you start seeing its limitations because it's it's there all the time and i think there was a mixture of this is a new technology it's very useful it solves a lot of pro problems that covid um started it solves a lot of program problems of locations shooting it solves a lot of pro problems of uh just you know green screen shooting that 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 make green screen shooting look the way it does so it's it almost seemed like a cure-all and I'll, I'll compare it to somebody showed me a, a program that adobe's working on to take noise out of audio files of someone talking using ai and then make it sound like a like a, a you know a clean studio recording or like something taped on your your phone mic with wind and in traffic noise in it and then all of a sudden it sounds like a studio recording and i was like this is too good to be true so i fed i went to the beta testing thing and signed up for it and and threw in a a track of one one of our actresses for the audio drama that had she was in New York City and there was a fire going on while she was doing her lines. So, <laughs> while she's talking, unusable, completely unusable, you know? It's a private label. My husband and I, we are connoisseurs of food and drink, especially meat. As I said, private label. And it came back like a studio recording. It took her voice out and it and it and it added low end into it and it took all those noises out. And I was oh. like, oh my God. Wow. It's a private label. My husband and I we are connoisseurs of food and drink, especially meat. As I said private label and then i started using it on a couple other things and it sounded really good but then when i started editing i could hear a little some little warbles in there and stuff and i was like oh this isn't exact this is you know i was thinking i could use this to clean up any track where someone has room noise or something in there and stuff but like it, it took a little something out of it, you know, and it changed it a little bit. And that, like, where you, where you have something like a fire going on in the background, yes, all of a sudden it was it was a great solution. But like, there would be a temptation to use it all the time, and it would pro probably like start to show if you used it all the time. And that's sort of what happened with the volume is is they 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 overused it a little bit, and like as as a filmmaker now. I can see where they because the volume opens things up, but you can't go running off into the distance in the volume. So you have to film everything for the size of your set. So all of a sudden and, you and start there's a reason that the tragedy looks so vastly different because they're outside. They're outside. Yes, they run up into the rocks, you know, and around the side of a rock, you know, and stuff like that where the volume, you know, 
you can put someone on a path and have people run out and fight him and stuff, but you can't have him run up the side of the cliff, climb up the side of the cliff wall, you know, cause it's all a, just a computer simulation. So there's, there's limitations and you start to see it. And so when they overuse it a little bit, it starts to become like overuse of green screen and you notice it, but I don't think they killed it that, that much. I don't think they did it so much. I think in years to come, like 10, 15 years from now, when you watch all this stuff during this time period, you're going to be like, oh, my God, look at this. They love that volume. It's just like, oh, look, a star wipe, you know. But um, I think they've it sounds like with Andor, they tried to do it without the volume. And I think we're going to find as time goes on, the volume just becomes a component, you know, and, and instead of being like, let's try to do all this with the volume, they're going to go like, all right, which scenes are going to work better? you know, on location, which scenes are going to work better with the volume, you know, and, and, and like the volume will also give you an option of worst comes to worst and you have no more shooting days and it's raining to do the scene on the volume, you know, although, although doing a scene on the volume involves a lot of prep too, because you have to build a whole location digitally, super high you know, high quality. So, but I, 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 I don't think it's hurt live action star. I think it's the net, it's a net positive. I think it, it helped. I mean, I think it really helped the Mandalorian. It probably made it possible to get the Mandalorian to look as good as it did on the budget they had for it, which was a huge budget for TV, but still, I mean, on the screen you see every cent and it looks like more sometimes so yeah net positive i'm gonna say yeah all right second question for hope um why do you think you like season two better the second time around i think there's two reasons um one is we just have more context like book of both that add a lot mm, to mm-hmm. um i think that's a big thing but I think the other one, just in general, is time. You know, if if you look at the prequels right now, having like a renaissance, like they they got pretty shredded when they came out. But like t- all this time later, they're being reevaluated of like what they were good at, and like we have shows like Kenobi now and Clone Wars that are kind of like reframing them. But I think some of it is also just personal time. You know, I I shifted my own thinking about stuff. I shifted how I considered the story and how I looked at it too. And and I think time helps you separate what you wanted to see versus the story being told because we all bring in our own biases. We all bring in our own anticipation and like what we want to see happen. And a lot of times those, um, what's the word? Expectations can ruin a piece of media. And so having time to like sit back and being like, all right, this is the story that was told. Let me take away my own expectations and like what I wanted to see and put it to the side and look at what's actually being told. And what's actually being told really worked. Um, and a lot of it was taking away what I wanted to see. Like I really did struggle with Rosario's Ahsoka because it wasn't my Ahsoka. It wasn't Clone Wars Ahsoka because it's from Din's point of view. 
But I came into those episodes wanting to see Clone Wars Ahsoka. And it's not the story being told. It's being told by Himbo Din, who's like, I don't know what a fuck a Star Wars is. So, of course, he has, like, it's going to look and sound and appear differently. And I think that's when when the Ahsoka show comes out, that's going to be really telling because then it will be from Ahsoka's point of view. And I, and I do expect it to be different from what will be presented here because it is from a different point of view. Um, so I, I really do think those are the two answers, like just me removing my thoughts and expectations and just looking at the actual story being presented, which is hard. You know, I'm not going to say that's easy, like, shit, I ruined Midnight Horizon and that's like the gayest Star Wars book ever written because I wanted to see a very particular story for Comic Vitus, who is one of my favorite characters. And I didn't get it and it was upsetting and I ruined my own, I ruined my own journey reading that book, you know? Um, which is why I want to give it a reread now that I've had some time away from it. Um, and, and I do think time is very helpful with a lot of these shows. That's why I'm really excited to get into Book of Boba Fett because I was dreading Mando season two. I was dreading it. We have it on recording eight, nine episodes ago. <laughs> like me just being like, oh, I don't want to do this. And I had a great time. I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, which is why I'm now really excited for Book of Boba Fett because I thought it was very up and down, but I'm I'm excited to have the time away and look at the story being told versus yep. what I want yep. to be, what I wanted it to be. Um, just a note on on the prequels is I think the like the there there were the people like my age who saw the prequels and the people your age who saw the prequels I'm who were young. I'm a kid. My first Star Wars movie right. was Phantom Menace. Right. <laughs> Right. And and uh, um, and we're at the point now where all, all the people who's who saw that movie when it came out are all old enough to where if they're going to write something or are working on Star Wars or something or make, you know, make a movie or make a book or something, they've realized that, like, the prequels are not perfect. But what George Lucas was like, okay, I'm going to set out to do this, which is not necessarily what everybody wants me to do, which is just sort of, you know, shore up, you know, do something like the the, what I did before. I'm going to do this whole new thing and I want to do all this and this. I'm not a very good acting director or whatever. And it, it, you know people didn't know what to think of it at first but over the years you realize he pulled it off you know he pulled off that story and it resonates with almost everybody even the people who like kind of sneered at it and you know basically there's been you know 20 some years of of people being able to like pull from the world building of the prequels and expand it into you know that you know stuff that's equally is is immersive and 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 you know detailed so and you know the 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 story even some of the stuff that they thought was dumb is now like it is is lore that makes sense in people's heads you know and and uh yeah yeah, it reached was... a point where all the kids who saw the sequel trilogy and it was their first Star Wars in 10, 15 years, they're going to be adults writing about Star Wars. Yeah. And and how it affected them. So I just I, I think time is always 
Time, time can be cruel to some things in media, but it can also be kind in a lot of ways too. And I, I really do feel like having just time I think, in season two really helped me. I think time is going to be kind to the first two sequel movies and not kind. I, I don't think they'll ever be <laughs> able well, see, to sort of you know, make that friends, into a good movie. I have friends who love Tross. Like, I... I like. Uh, I mean, there's going to be people out there who do, but just like, I mean, I just can't. And and you know, and, and like the best I'm going to get from Tross is being able to like turn my brain off and watch it, you know, and have like, enough have enough stuff maybe from other TV shows to be like, oh, okay, that makes more sense now, or whatever. But I'll never be able to make sense of it as as a as a as a piece of art that isn't a non just sort of corporate train crash <laughs> I mean, you know there, yeah i mean there are parts of trust that i do like and i can yeah. understand why people like it i mean to be honest it was very popular with a general audience because they are the ones that are just like yay star wars let's go they just want things blowing up and and, and to keep moving and uh, yeah but yeah yeah, but it, when you're deep in the lore, it was just like, oh, we're just half-assing our way through this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, I see. Okay, yep. Okay, it's gonna still keep doing. But anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah. We're not this. going down a trough road tonight. <laughs> yeah. So for your next question, the Mandalorian relies heavily on the genre of Western movies. What genre? And by genre, I mean like rom-coms or like office movies or as you or fantasy like you know that's that's what i mean by genre um what genre would you love to see them use in this show or do you think they should stick within the western genre uh gangster they could do gangster mystery i think sword and sorcery is coming you know i get more high fantasy with the mando stuff yeah stuff that's yeah that get you know I think the 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 Mando is as time goes on is going to have more and more a little bit more force in his life of the force in his life and uh, so yeah we could you know see so, some more Mando the Barbarian episodes I'd be into that and we've already had two kaiju episodes so yeah I get that um, I wouldn't mind a little fantasy in my Star Wars Star Wars is fantasy. It's not science fiction. That's true. That's true. All right. Would Mando be better or worse as an animated show? And I mean, you know, it could be the whatever animate, you know, see, you know, CG or or you know, regular animation. What? A la Tartakovsky or something. Tartakovsky's yeah. Mando would be pretty impressive, I think. Before I answer this, I think the cat is still outside. I hear her meowing, so I'm just going to put my head out my bedroom door just to make sure she's not outside. Okay. One second. Want to come inside? Want to come inside? Okay. You know what? We'll record a podcast together. Come on, Carmilla. Come here, baby. Come say hi to everybody. Yeah, come say hi to everybody. Come here. Come here, honey. I'm actually going to unplug this so I can hear Chris. I have a cat now. Sorry. She was outside my door. I thought she was outside my window. Hi, everybody. Carmilla's with me now. Hello. Mine only meows at me at certain 
points. She has so very distinct meows. Many minutes, but now I have cat. <laughs> um, so to answer the question, um, sorry guys, I had to take a cat break for a second. Um, it's a complicated answer to me. For, by, by the way, I'm having to lean back a little bit. Can you still hear me? I can hear you just fine. Awesome. Um, it's a complicated answer for me because I have a lot of mixed emotions about live action and how there's a lot more live action coming out and the animated projects on the horizon, while I'm excited for, are not like the most exciting things outside of like Bad Batch. There you go. Lay down, baby. Um, yeah, you can lift my fingers. Um but and I also have a lot of mixed emotion about animated characters coming into live action, like with the Ahsoka show and Sabine and Ezra and all that. But I cannot deny how historic Mandalorian is for live action Star Wars. Like while animation, like if this show was animated, you know they could have bigger stunts and yeah, then could do all this cool shit and stuff like that. The, and but at the end of the day, like it wouldn't have been the groundbreaking property it is if it was animated because there still is a stigma against animation. People just don't want yeah, to Yeah, but I'm more talking about you. If it didn't matter if it was... If it, you it know, was... I, I, I feel the same way. Like, um, it, live action is pulling in a lot of new fans and with shows like this and Andor and I'm excited for the Acolyte and stuff like that and I think having this as live action does open a door for animation because anybody who sees Ahsoka in this right. show who hasn't seen Clone Wars can stop and go, oh, let me go back and watch. I know people who watch Clone Wars for the first time because of the show. Because oh, yeah. I mean, if if suddenly Ahsoka is someone's favorite character from watching The Mandalorian and, uh, and they find out they have this whole, like back catalog of Ahsoka material to watch. And it would be really funny to watch somebody who like Ahsoka is my favorite character after being introduced to the Mandalorian and going all the way back to the first Clone Wars movie. Where, where like, she, when I, she, back to the snips days. Yeah. Like I actually, um, the, of, of all people, the nostalgia critic did that on YouTube. He, because he'd seen Ahsoka in The Mandalorian, and then he went back and did Clone Wars, and he's like, wow, everything makes so much more sense now. Because he had context of who she is. So, like, yep. I, as much, like, I, I guess personally, it would be cool to see Mando on animation, but I actually think its impact is bigger in live action. So, I don't mind it being in live action. So. Well, when they do another set of like shorts and stuff, you never know. You, there might be a Grogu, and they might not be able to resist to do some little three-minute Grogu Dinjarin. They technically shorts. have. They they've done some like non-canon shorts of Grogu and Mando. Like it's like um, they might have been the rollout shorts. Now that I think about it, but I do remember there's one of Grogu and Den and Snow playing and it's not even there's like no voice acting in it other than like sounds of like den grunting and grogu just being like ah um so th they have done it but they're not canon um so i'm gonna ask you a question that you had in season one because you're the visual guy and i wanted to do this what are some of your standout visual moments of the season there that 
not slim pickings here. There's a million of them. The, you know, there's just little stuff like the the way they look the the way they do speeder bikes in this show is fantastic. Um, but like just like the 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 uh, slave one pulling up in fr- like the view from the front of the cockpit of the Imperial cruiser or the Imperial uh, um whatchamacallit you know that they take over at the at, during the the rescue and you just see the slave one just vroom, come up from the inside of the cockpit that's that's amazing uh the the chase um where the where the two x-wings are chasing them over the ice planet really that whole episode is visually just perfect um that that sequence where they crash land on the water planet um and you know most of most of the jedi is visually just gorgeous you know especially where it it it, you know it involves the the bad guys garden fight or anything that happens in that garden is just visually crack like um yeah those are my top but that's there's a rich (laughs) rich amount of stuff to pick from of just beautiful star wars moments in it you know and wonderful wipes and uh yeah yeah it was it was a hard choice all right my cat keeps thinking i'm talking to her because she's just smiling up at me and like you're talking to me hi (laughs) i'm talking to you too i know but she's just smiling at me i don't know if you can probably can't hear her purring i can't hear the the purring or the smiling but i believe it yeah can picture it for mike all right fourth question for hope you still think there are do you, so? Do you still think there are too many guest stars this season? Not anymore. No. Um, I like. I guess if I like had to. Bye, Kitty. Are you leaving me now? And you're gonna go meow by my door? I think if you would have asked me this last season, I would have been like, yeah. But I think if maybe if I had to like trim it down, like gun, like gun to head, had to like take people out. Um, I still feel the same way I did about, like, taking out one of Bo-Katan's extra mandos <laughs> if I had to trim somebody. Yeah. But but honestly, every single character adds something to Den's story. Every single character has a purpose. Every single character is part of the narrative, and it's, and they are there for either Den or Grogu and to, and to move the story. And so, yeah, no, I, I don't feel like that anymore, no. Um, do you want out? Are you done? Okay, give me a second. <laughs> I told you, 15, 20 minutes, and then she would want out. I told you, Chris. Okay. That was like four minutes. <laughs> like four or five minutes at what? the most. That was only like four or five minutes at the most. Usually she'll sit in my lap for 20 minutes, but not tonight. Maybe because I was talking, because usually when she's in my lap, I'm, like, reading or something, and I'm not yeah. reading and talking and stuff. 
Uh, let me put my headset back in, my my headphones back in. All right, so for your next question, as I get recalibrated, and everybody got to see my cat tonight, so mazel tov. Uh, do you think it's a good thing, where am I? Do you think it's a good thing that the series like this are, what in the fuck did I write? Do you think it's a good thing that series like this are giving legacy characters like Boba Fett time to be fleshed out, or would you rather them focus on new characters and stories? I'm fine with both as long as, uh, and I think they got the, the, the mix of it in this show perfect. So, so, so far, so good. Um, and they make the, the, the big legacy characters make sense in the story. So, is, so keep doing it like that. I don't, I don't want just like, oh, look, we bumped into Lando Calrissian, you know, or whatever, you know, just, just make make them make them mean something in there and they've done a, a spectacular job of doing that you know mm-hmm. it's more earned than just like oh look what we 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 can do you know so yeah i i i think i i'm happy with both both things happening um you know just the fact that they made that they've added mayfeld to the star wars universe is is good enough for me you know, so yeah. yeah, I get that. I feel the same. All right, one for you. Oh, this is the last one for you. Mm-hmm. Is there anything anyone that you could have done without in this season? Not really. I, I, actually, I realize now that's already probably been already answered and <laughs> above like, questions. I, I, honestly, I I thought the season's pretty balanced. To be honest, um, you know, actually, no, I have one because I was going to say like, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll say this and then I, I just thought of something. Um, I thought the season was very balanced overall. Even the elements I wish were executed better, like the dark troopers, I still don't mind them being there. And then I just thought of this. You know what I could do without? Darkness. Being able to fucking see in a Star Wars. <laughs> ah, God, it drives me crazy. Like... Like, not being, I, I hate this trend of, like, we have to have all these scenes dark to A, hide effects, and B, to be realistic. Like, when you have the droids in the, in the Jedi walk out, and they have Thrawn's fucking logo on the side of their head, and I had to screenshot it, throw it in a photo editor, and lighten it all the right, way just right. to see Turn Thrawn's the logo. Up. Yeah. Just to see the logo of Thrawn's, like that stuff drives me crazy. I could do without the darkness because it's TV. You have to be able to see yep. that. And this all started with fucking Game of Thrones with the Battle of Winterfell when I'm having to like crank up my brightness all the way. Like I did this, this, and I and I talked There's... about this in the first Finnick Shand episode where they're fighting Finnick Shand, and I know they do it because they're it's a stunt double, not Ming Na Win. But God, that shit drives me crazy. I could do without yeah, that. I, I just saw a nice clip where somebody was, they were griping about the new Little Mermaid trailer, but not about casting of the Little Mermaid trailer. Okay. Oh they because... were just like, please stop with the darkness. There's a shot of her singing, you know, the headshot of her singing that they yeah. show. And <clears throat> he threw it on a video editor and, and you know, just, just, you know, you can easily undo it by turning up the brightness. You know, they've turned down the brightness, so he just turned it back up and, you know, color color balanced it. 
and it looked beautiful. You know, that you could see My, the water swirling around her head and stuff. And he's just like, why? Why is this so hard? You know, you I, have I to get actually that. work to make it worse, you know? I, I get that. Um, a lot of my argument for that is the movie is still like six months out and a lot right. of the stuff like that is unfinished. Yeah, that's a that's a, head, a CG headshot. So they might have been like, yeah, let's. Uh... And and so they, they have it darker to hide that sort of thing. But also we've learned recently over the summer how crappily Disney and Pixar and Marvel treat their visual effects artists and how they give them crunch times. So I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah. they, if Disney kicked in the door and was just like, we need a scene for the trailer for D23. And the animators were just like, what? We, we need a we need a full headshot where you can see the main, main character's face doing, you know, singing yeah. a song. Like, yeah. I won't be surprised if when the movie actually comes out, if that's just like chef's kiss spectacular. But like, it's unfinished. Like, that's the, that's the thing with trailers nowadays. And that's a thing with like... Marvel and Disney trailer now, yeah. But but I get the argument because I feel the same. What I like, I no, I actually don't feel the same because that was the whole point of me talking. <laughs> um, but I, I do understand the argument. But like, I it bothers me here when I'm like watching Phoenix Shan fight Den and Toro Calican, and it's pitch black because they want to hide that it's not Ming Na Wen or or like the whole fight scene with the Jedi, and it's dark and you can't really tell what's happening. Like. That drives me crazy. Drives me yeah. crazy. I hate it. Just, yeah. just light your fucking scenes. People yeah. know they're stuck I've jumps. gotten a new monitor since the last season, and it's a lot brighter, and I can tur tur turn up those scenes a lot. I don't even have to. Like, I have my monitor pretty bright. So I think I didn't notice it as much this time because I'm just so happy that I can see better. Like, but on my old monitor, when stuff was that dark, it was almost murky to the point of where I didn't know what the hell was going on. You know, uh, Game of Thrones was a good example of there were scenes where I was just like, well, I, I, I guess something happened there. I saw uh, movies yeah. that happened. and I've seen many movies like that, too, where it's just like, all right, I guess the monster's fighting with somebody there. There's jiggling around going on. Oh, and uh, yeah, I, I saw a long video from a uh film editor who was talking about it's a it's sort of a it's sort of a, a because of people shooting digital now it's that's an easy process to do to darken something down and it's just sort of become the default language for this is realist to make something seem realistic the same with camera jiggle you know like every every program has a, you know now a way to like Put in the jiggle to like make it look real and little zooms and stuff. I but but like it's early on in the like we're using digital as our main visual source, so it's like a lot. It's it's really easy to do that in video, and it's it covers up a lot of mistakes, so it it just happens a, a lot more than it should. And hopefully, as the history of like you know technological advances go people you know once the novelty of doing that wears off they go oh my god what have we done and then it starts being used more you know where it's appropriate yeah i hope i i will never forget um and i, and I can't remember if it was on this podcast or the other one but like I remember you talking about like that's something that animation has over live action because they can just animate light nighttime and you can still see everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah. All right. For your final question, Chris, with the technology they have now, do you want a live action Luke Skywalker show? Um, well, technically, yeah, you could with the technology you have now. But what I think that's implying is a technology of like recreating his voice and face and, and stuff like that. And if they're doing it like that now, no, definitely not. They have they they're they're pushing their limits to it. But I think um, uh, the end of like the stuff we saw in the last episode of The Mandalorian was about as far was about as long. It, it went a little too long is about as long as that scene could get away without it falling apart. But from this, the special effect, you know, it held it held the reality of it just long enough, which was not very long. And then in Book of Boba Fett, they got a little, little better at it. So they could they could do a little bit, you know, a little bit more with Luke Skywalker. But they're just little things and they're not the things that is are going to make him like a real living, breathing character that we're going to forget is a CG you know concoction of cg and reality and and different and yeah yeah cg cocktail of mark hamill and and a body actor and and mark hamill's voice and then another actor acting the role and then mark hamill's voice being up pitched and transport you know all that eventually if they get there you know as 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 the tech advances they should just you know use it to where to the edge of where it's it's effective but it's not effective to carry a live action show if maybe luke came out and and they could pull off that that the suspension of disbelief long enough for if it was some sort of like show where luke goes like it's live action luke and he's like tinker talking to a jedi and he's like well i got a story for you about that and then it goes into cgi (laughs) yeah but that would be kind of stupid, and I don't think they would do that. But if they if they did a recast, yeah, you could probably go ahead, like a recast. Um, they could probably if if they if they find the right actor who can who could sell a young Luke Skywalker. You know, you get a few episodes in, and you you'll do okay. You know, uh, I think that could be done. I don't think they want to do that. I think they want it to look like Mark, look and sound like. Mark Hamill. I mean, uncannily. So, so it may be a while before we have a live action Luke Skywalker show. I hope it is a, a, a little while. I hope it, if they do that, I hope that they're confident enough to get a real actor's performance out of it. You know, I, I honestly, that's a, big, that's a, that's a, that's a hard, hard road to travel <laughs> I, I think like like i i know I, I talked about this so i won't go into it too much again but i i do think solo scared them i i mean kathleen kennedy said as much because they were just like oh we're kind of scared about doing recasts because solo did oh, that yeah. which was not the lesson too. to take from I that mean, you would have to find the perfect guy you would have to find the guy who could just sort of like capture the essence of it, you know? He wouldn't have to be, ex- you know. I mean, Max Lloyd Taylor, who's the body almost- double. Max Lloyd Taylor, who's or not Taylor? I, I Max Max. I don't remember his last name. Um, who was the body double in the rescue? Looks like 
fucking Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he but can like he can Hamill. he can he can he get the can he act the essence of it? You know, in a in as a as a, you know, I mean, it's it, it's that that would be a hard thing to pull off, but it could be pulled off. You know, you mm-hmm. you, you would find out in casting. I mean, a lot of people have pointed out that how much Sebastian Stan and Mark Hamill look like each other, and I'd be all for Sebastian Stan. The best thing is you could get a whole line of people that look close enough, but could you get them to to sound and to move right and be a good actor? I think Sebastian Stan could do it. But I also just love Sebastian Stan and want him in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just standing in the stand. Sebastian Stan is one of those, you know, you know, when you have those actors where you look at them and you can just see the actor playing the character the whole time. Sebastian Stan is not one of those people for me. Like when I see Sebastian Stan in a role, like he is the role. He's not the actor in the role. Like, like, for example, like I love Tom Holland. When I see him in anything other than Spider-Man, he looks like Tom Holland. Um, and Nick Cage is like yeah. that for me too. Like Nick Cage is a brilliant actor, but whenever I see him in anything, it's Nick Cage, not whatever character. But I don't have that. With yeah, as, as compared to like, like a Gary Oldman who just sort of disappeared. Like it took me, me, it took me many years and many roles before I had some sort of idea what the actor Gary Gold, Gary Oldman looked like, as opposed to all his different roles. And and that's how it is for Sebastian Stan for me. Like he just melts into roles and. I, I can, and, and so I, yeah, anyway, I'm rambling. Uh, it's time. Okay, I'm going to take a drink. It is time. I'm going to take a drink. Part three. All right. So if you don't know what we're doing, this is your first time, it's time for the evolution. And the reason this is here is because in Clone Wars, I would recap the seasons from the point of view of Rex. And then we got to Rebels, and it became the Callus Evolution, recapping the seasons from the point of view of Agent Callus. Resistance was Aunt Z. Um, Bad Batch is Echo is d- finished with is done with everybody's shit. But for our lovely Mando, and gosh, I don't even know who I would do for Book of Boba Fett. Oh, geez, we'll have to see. For Mando, um, I'll probably do Fennec. Now I think about it. Sorry. Fennelution. Uh, a a Fennec illusion. Um, but for Book of for Mandalorian, it is time for a recap of the the episodes from the point of view of Grogu. So here, are you going to try and run to the grocery store again like you did last time? No, I'm not. I'm all stocked up today. That was God. I still can't believe I'm hang, that. I'm hanging out this time. Yeah. If you missed it, listen to our Bad Batch volution for season one. Chris and I had a bet, and I lost horribly. <laughs> the, the <laughs> Remember, there's a lot more storyline that happens in the Bad Batch. A lot more episodes than than in Book of Boba or in the Book of Boba Fett than in the Mandalorian. What show are you doing, Chris? Mandalorian. That's true. That's true. Nope. Essentially, what We've happened? Got that going for you, at least hope. At least what, what what happened was Chris bet me that he could run to the store on the corner and back before I finished the evolution. And I got he, back at like the halfway point. Before the halfway point. I wasn't even at the halfway point. <laughs> and the I store was pretty close, to be fair, you know. Yeah, it was like episode like six or something. Like I I 
I lost that bet. Horribly. I'm trying to think of some ta- some household task I can do here, and and but I don't really have it. I'm I'm like pretty cushy right now. Stuff that uh, I have. you're good. You're good. But, uh, definitely, if I went and wa- to wash the dishes, though, I would lose this time because there's a lot of dishes. So I'm not even gonna attempt that. All right, <clears throat> you ready? I'm ready. It is time for the Grogu Volution. Here we go. <clears throat> oh my goodness, so much has happened since the last time I talked with all of you. Okay, so first of all, um, my daddy was sent on a mission by his, well, I don't I don't really know who she is. I, I think she is his parent? I, I don't know, but she's very important. Her name is the Armorer. And the Armorer was like, you need to take Grogu back to his people. And I don't know what that is. Uh, but daddy seemed to know, so I just went with daddy. And we started looking for other Mandalorians. And these Mandal- I cannot say Mandalorians this entire time, I'm sorry. Um, Mandalorians! Um, and he started looking for other Mandalorians because he was like, I bet they can find Jedi Grogu. And I was like, okay dad, I'll just go with you. So then we went to a wrestling match, and the nice people there were not very nice. They tried to hurt daddy, but he was all like, not today and he beat them all up and then we found out that we had to go back to my favorite person ever which is miss pally miss pally is the best she gives me snacks and she tells me stories and she tells me adult stories and she tells me her adult export stories and i don't understand most of those but she's very funny and and animated and i really like miss pally a lot well Miss Pelly tells her to go look for a Mando in the desert. So we ride out into the desert and we had so much fun. I was riding in the back of Dad's car and it was so much fun. And we get to a town and there's not a lot of people in this town, but they all seem really nice, especially one man in particular. His name is Cobb Vamp. And I think my daddy liked him a lot. Like my daddy, like his little force energy was like moving around him the way it moved around him when he saw Miss O'Mara last season. And I I think daddy really likes him a lot. I think they're like best friends and stuff. And I think that they're friends like how daddy was friends with with Miss O'Mara and everything. Anyway, Cobb Vamp had Mandalorian armor, and my daddy got real mad, and he was like, you need to take off that armor, and Cobb Vamp was like, no, I need you to help me with a quake dragon. So, we went out, and we saw this really big dragon, and it was so, it was like, ah, and, and so we were like, oh, we need a plan for the quake dragon, and so, sorry, too many frogs. <laughs> Too many frogs. Um, so then we went and we met the very nice people of the, that. They're they're called Tuscan Tuscan waiters, and they're just really nice. And they have these cute little doggos, and they would let me. Well, I think one of the doggos wanted to eat me, but like once I patted him, he was all like, "Nah, I'm not gonna eat you." And I was like, "Okay." And I got to play with the dog, so we ran around. But if uh, if there was water and tattooing, would the Tuscans wear their Tuscan waiters into the water? <laughs> Thank you. Um, so anyway, so they all decided that they were going to go beat up the quake dragon. And so we got out there and the quake dragon came out and it was all like, Wah! and everybody was like, ah! and then my daddy fought the quake dragon. And then the quake dragon took a very long nap, a very long nap. 
so so long that it turned inside out when they cut it all open and it'll be fine and so we went back to miss pelly and miss pelly was just like okay i know where other mandalorians are my daddy was like are you sure this time oh no something scary we were attacked by pirates and they tried to take me away my daddy beat them up and it was really really cool because uh he put a jetpack on one of them and he went wide up in the air and i ran to him and i was like daddy i'm scared and 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 he was just like it's okay i got you and picked me all up and we watched the guy fall from the sky and he was sleeping and so anyway miss pelly uh introduced us to the very very nice frog lady and this frog lady needed to get back to her husband but oh my gosh she brought snacks and these snacks were like the best snacks and they were there were so many of them and i was like yeah but then daddy kept getting mad at me he was just like why are you eating those snacks and i was like because i'm hungry i i want snacks he's like don't eat those snacks and i was like oh, okay dad but i'm hungry but then it was really scary because we had to travel really slow and we ended up coming out and daddy got pulled over by the police and he was all like oh not today and he flew off he flew off really really fast and the and the, the x-wing pilots were chasing after us and we crashed land on an icy planet and it was really really cold and daddy was like was really sad i've, I've never seen daddy so sad at all because our our home the Wazer crest got beaten up but the Miss Miss Frog Lady though, she was really cool because she was all like, Get up, Mando, you're gonna help me. And I was like, Yeah, get up, Dad, let's help this person. And Dad was like, Fine. And he got up and he fixed the ship. But then Frog Lady ran away and we had to go find her and she was taking a bath. And we as we were getting everything up, I saw more snacks. I turned around and there were snacks everywhere and so i go over and i bust open up and they were tasty spiders and i put in my i've never had tasty spiders before and they were so good and then they weren't good because more spiders came out and they kind of started coming after us and i hope i didn't get us in trouble because then the spiders started chasing us and daddy was carrying me and we were running back to the ways of crest and we got back there but then the police people showed up and they, they showed up in their big X-Wing pilots and their big X-Wing ships um, and they shot all the spiders and then they left us and we fixed the ship and we rode off until we got to a planet and there Miss Frog Lady was was there with her husband and they were both really really nice and so they told us to go to an inn and I ate some clam chowder and then some tentacles came out and daddy stabbed it for me just to make sure it was okay and I ate it and we ended up getting on a boat and I've never been on a boat. We don't actually know, don't know if Grogu has never been on a boat before but just go with it. I've never been on a boat before and it was so cool and we saw dolphins and Moncala and they were swimming around and it was so cool and then it turns out that it was not nice because those big old meanies, those big old stupid heads shoved me into a, a pit and I had to hide and I was so scared and I was hiding in my little bowl. My bowl? It's a pram. I was hiding my little, my bed and I was hoping it was going to be okay and the next thing I knew, I, they opened the, the, the my pram and there was a lady there, a lady and I, I just, I, she came out of nowhere and she was there with two other people who are not really important to this story. And her name was Bo-Katan. And my daddy was like, Mandalorians, we found you. And then they took off their helmet and 
Daddy does not like taking off his helmet. He does, he does not like that. One time, I tried to take his helmet and put it on, and he was all like, no, don't you do that. And I was like, why? And I was, he was like, no, don't do that. And I was like, okay, but it smells. You should wash it more, Daddy. And anyway, this Bo-Katan lady made Daddy really upset, and we flew away. Well, later that night, we were walking through the back alley for reasons. I don't know. I just followed Daddy, and he was carrying me around, and more bad guys came out, but the Mandalorians came out, too, and they were like, pew, pew, and they, like, they all were sleeping. Everybody was sleeping after the Mandalorians got finished hitting them with their friendship guns, and they were all friends and sleeping, and we had a slumber party right there on the dock. And Bo-Katan was like, I need your help to help me take this bad guy ship. And my daddy was like, okay. And then he took me to the frog lady and the frog man. And nothing else happened because I played with them and their new baby. And the new baby was really sweet. And I, I was like, wow, I don't know where this came from. I guess it came from the snacks. And I guess that's why daddy was so mad that I was eating all the snacks. And nothing else important happened because daddy came and picked me up. <laughs> The end. No, I'm just kidding. Well, apparently, the Bo-Katan lady told him to go find someone named Ahsoka Tano. But my daddy really needed to fix his ship because it was still stuck together by all the by all the spider attacks and stuff. So we go back to what is that planet? It's Navarro. <laughs> we go back to Navarro, and I got to see Miss Cara Dune and Mr. Grief. And they were both like, Grogu. And I was like, ah! And they gave me big hugs and snacks. And then they they were all like, all right, we'll get the Razor Crest fixed up for you. And my daddy was like, all right, Grogu, I am going on a, on a journey with my friends. You stay here. And I got to go to school that day. And I got to color and draw pictures. And steal a kid's cookies because he was really mean and he wouldn't share. So I ate all his cookies and then I force choked him and then I finger painted and then I played with the blocks and then the police came and made sure the ch child was okay but they didn't know it was me and then I ate some goldfish and then my daddy came back and the wasted crest was fixed and we went on our way. <laughs> I, I see you're amusing yourself during this Grogu-Galution, so yeah, do go on. Thank you, thank you, I'm sorry. I just love the goldfish, and the paramedics came, and then we finger-painted. Sorry, I made myself laugh. Anyway, so then we decided with the Wazer Crest all fixed up, that we were going to go find Mrs. Sokotano. And we got to this planet, and Daddy was like, All right, Grogu, I need you to ride in this bag for me and not say anything. And I was like, Okay, Daddy, no one can understand me. It'll be fine. And we go to this very scary city where there are no lights, apparently, because it was dark the entire time, even in the daylight. And we get there, and there is this evil lady named the Magistrate, and she just seemed very mean. But she decided that she was going to give Daddy a best scar spear. 
daddy really likes Beskar because it's really important to his people and it's really important to everything he does and his entire body's made of Beskar. He's kind of like a robot, but he's not a robot. And so we decided to go kill Ahsoka and I was like, daddy, why are we killing Ahsoka? And he's like, we're not actually going to kill Ahsoka Grogu. We just need to find her. So we go out into the woods and Mrs. Ahsoka jumps out of the, the trees and she starts to fight daddy. But my daddy was all like, wait, wait, I need to talk to you. And then she saw me and then I realized she's like me. She can use the force like all the people I used to live with back on Coruscant before everything bad happened. And I don't really remember a lot happened after that in the following 50 years. But a lot of bad stuff happened. And, and so I then sat down with Mr. Soka and she gave me candy and then some liquor, not licorice. And she said it was liquor, but I think it was licorice, but I've never seen licorice that was li that was liquid, but it was really weird, but I felt calm. And then she was like, tell me everything, Gwoku. And I was like, well, can you tell my daddy my name? He doesn't know my name. He just calls me kid and stuff. And I want him to know my name. And Ahsoka was like, okay. So she looks at that and she goes, by the way, his name is Grogu. And then my daddy looked at me and he said my name. And I never heard him say my name before. And it was really nice and it really meant to, it really, really meant a lot to me. And then he kept saying it and it just made me feel very warm and fuzzy. And I really liked that. And they decided that they were going to go... They, they, that they wanted to test me, and it was, it was really hard. I have not used the force in so long, and my, and, and Mr. Soka kept trying to get me to use the force, and I, I couldn't do it. But then my daddy came over, and he was like, hey, you know that ball you like? And he knows I shouldn't touch the ball, but he knows I like it because I have, like, no toys on the Razor Quest. You know, he should just give me some toys, like all the toys. And he was like, take the ball from me, Grogu. And I did it. And my daddy was so happy. And he picked me up. And he said I was the best boy in the entire galaxy. And we were going to do cool stuff and get ice cream later. Well, he didn't say we were going to get ice cream later. But maybe we'll still get ice cream later. And so, he, apparently, daddy wanted me to go with Mrs. Soka. And I didn't want to go with Mrs. Soka. And she said as much. That she wasn't going to twain me. But... If, if daddy helped her beat up the bad lady, she would help me help daddy find someone who can. So they went off and I slept on the Wazer quest. And by the time the daddy came back, apparently they must have succeeded because he came back and he told me it was time to go. But again, Mrs. Ahsoka was like, no, I'm not going to train her, which I was kind of really happy about. I really, I really didn't want to go with her. But instead, we decided to go to Tython. And so we flew to Tython. And we got there. And there was this big rock. And, and Daddy was like, focus on the rock, Woku. And I was like, okay. And I looked at all the butterflies. And then I wanted to take a nap. But Daddy was like, no, you need to do this thing. And I was like, okay. But just then, as I started to meditate, I heard this big ship show up. But everything happened so fast and I fell into the force and then I became one with the universe and I saw everything and I could feel the waves and the ripples and the stars and they just took over and I was at peace for the first time in so long and out in the distance across the cosmos 
I heard someone and they heard me and they asked where I was and I didn't know, but I could hear them and they decided that they would come find me. But it was so much, when the force hits you like that, it's like every ocean in the cosmos filling your entire being and it's both life and death, tragedy and pain and happiness and joy and you feel it all in a single moment and then I fell asleep and then the next thing I knew is I woke up and there was these big scary robots around me and I was like where's my daddy and they were they took me away just as my daddy picked me up and I flew off into the the sunset with them and they put me on a ship and then there was that mean old man Moff Gideon and he was all there and he pulled out something I have not seen in a long time. For some reason he had a white saber. And I don't know why he has and I don't know what was going on with his white saber, but it did not look right. It was all weird and crackly and it was all I don't know about that. And he was all like, ha ha, I got you now. And then he was very mean. And he put these very tiny bonds on my wrist and I couldn't move. And then I was there for a very long time. And Daddy told me later that he went on a very big, uh, big trip with his friend Mayfield. And I was like, Mayfield, that guy who dropped me last season? He was like, yeah, he's fine now. It was it was the best episode of the season. And I was like, all right, Daddy. But also, something bad happened. Our home blew up. The Wazer Quest is gone. And, like, you know, all my memories of my daddy are on there. And, like, now, now we have a new ship. And... And book of Boba Fett, but but Daddy told me it'll be okay. You know, a, a a ship is just a just a vehicle. It's not a home, and that the home are the people inside of it. But and and I'm happy I'm with my Daddy now. But but I still miss our home. But it doesn't. It is. I, I miss my home and my bed and my 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 time there. But. Anyway, I, I was I was with Moff Gideon and I was really really scared and he was all like bah, ha ha and I was I, I didn't like it there, but then I started hearing noises off in the distance and I heard and I heard shots firing and I only knew it meant one thing if there was one person who was gonna come across come across the entire universe to find me it was gonna be my daddy and he came in. And there was Moff Gideon and my daddy. My daddy was like, give me my baby. And Moff Gideon was like, fine. And then Moff Gideon talked for 10 minutes about his evil plan. And my dad was just staring at me like, I'm sorry, son. I will get you in a minute. And I was like, I know, daddy. I've been with him for three days. And this is what I've been dealing with. And he was like, okay. And then Moff Gideon decided to be a mean guy. And he attacked my daddy. My daddy fought him back and was all like, ah, and took his little lightsaber from him, and it was really cool. And daddy was now like, oh, I got the lightsaber now. And he came in and he picked me up and he gave me the biggest hug, and I hugged him back. And I was like, daddy, it's gonna be okay. And he was like, I got you now, Grogu. Let's go get everybody else. And then we went up to the bridge of the ship, and that book tan lady was really mad at my daddy apparently my daddy's a prince now or something i don't know or, or he's some ruler but you know i don't think my daddy really understands it but that's okay neither do i so it's not important but then he got scary again because all the bad robots were coming back 
and we were all stuck on the ship. And then, and then I, I felt something, something that I, I had felt before, and and someone arrived, and and they showed up, and they beat up all the robots, and this, and they came up to the bridge at the door, and my daddy suddenly felt very sad. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he told me it was time to go because they opened the door, and it was this guy named Luke Skywalker, and and he came in, and he said he was there for me, and I realized that that was the voice I heard on the big walk, and he wanted to take me with him, and I looked at my daddy, and I asked him for permission because my daddy told me that it was important to have choices and that I needed to make one and that this was the best for me. And I trust my daddy. If my daddy tells me it's the best thing for me, I will. So my daddy picked me up and and he took off his helmet and he's not a robot. He's a person. And he he looked at me and I, I touched his face and I... And I told him through the force not to be scared because I love him and it's going to be okay. And he told me it was going to be okay too. And I just, I had this feeling I was going to see him again. And it wasn't going to be scary and that this book person is really cute and that daddy should date him with Mr. Cobb Vance and Mrs. O'Mara. And my daddy said, okay, I understand. I, I definitely like him too. And I was like, okay, daddy, you do that. But daddy gave me the Mr. Wook and, and then... Mr. Wook carried me out, and I, I told my daddy I'd see him later, and he took me on the elevator, and then we went off. And then I had to go to school, and I was stupid, and we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Did you like my, like, transcendental force speech? Yeah, you know, this is one of the shorter evolutions you ever did. I didn't get shit done while you were... Well, I also realized, like, there's two, like, the, the, the heiress... Grogu's being babysat. <laughs> He's not even there most of the episode. And yeah. then he gets captured by Gideon, so Grogu's not in the believer at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you gotta you know, you can always work it in. Oh yeah, I I figured out. I was not I did not plan like the force transcendentalism of just like and now I'm one for the four. Like I did not plan that. That was fun. That was that was that was fun. Um anyway, our Final question of the evening. We've been here long enough. Chris, how would you rate the season as a whole and why? I'm going big. I'm giving it a nine. I I probably would have given it an eight after the first viewing and rendered it and, and, and thought of it as inferior to the first season. But upon second viewing, it's incredibly solid. It's incredibly well worked. I'm giving it a good solid nine. It was a good time. Good time was had by all, except for that Imperial officer that Mayfeld sent to hell. Uh, we, we had a good time with that, though. <laughs> it was perfect. Um, I also thought it was a super solid season. Like, the highs were really, really high. and But while the lows were few and far in between, there are some lows. Um, I did take those into consideration. Like, I'm still very much bothered by the egg and frog lady stuff. And um, I still, as much as I would love to love Ahsoka, um, I still have parts of that that I have to reckon with myself. And the siege is is kind of a rough episode at times. But, so I, I gave it an 8.5 to be generous. Um, 
which I think is what I I think I rated season one as an eight or an eight point five to be honest. I don't remember. Um, but I I think it's a really solid season. I think the lows are big lows to be fair. Um, but I think the highs are really really high. I, I just you know the 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 big low you know it means they're trying. It means mm-hmm. they're stretching. You know when they hit so the the lows aren't like. Do awful lows. They're they're misses, you know. But mm-hmm. they're 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 taking shots, you know. I would rather something swing for the fist, fences, yeah. and miss Hell than yeah. not try at all. Yeah. And I I will always feel that way. Like, that's part of the reason why I love resistance so much because it will always try to swing for the fences, and a lot of times it misses, but at least it tries. And I would rather something try and fail than not try at all. This this could have easily been a show where they phoned it in and made it like, ah, oh, the cameo of the week, everyone clap because both Ted walked in the room, hey, and Katie Sackoff pauses and smiles at the audience and stuff. Like it could have been. But no, like it, it's really powerful and impactful. And honestly, I I could have seen given it a nine, to be real honest. But I, I did want to be a little bit more fair, um, because the the low the low lows do bother me. Um, so I, I was trying to be fair. So, oh goodness gracious, book of Boba Fett next week, dude! Crazy. We looking are just, forward to it. I'm yeah, looking forward to to checking out the, because I know, like, you know, it, it the the beginning of it started very much like sort of solid, like visual storytelling, like somber Mandalorian storytelling and was very solid and then after that it went hog wild and i enjoyed the hog wild but it was it didn't feel as consistent as the first part but i'm wondering i'm wondering how i'm gonna feel the second time i really think i'm probably gonna like it more. same here um i'm i'm wondering if my biggest criticism still holds up because my biggest criticism of book above going into it was it was like a stew that didn't cook long enough. Like I, I felt like it needed one more episode um, because I liked all the ingredients. I liked the characters and the ideas and the thoughts behind it. I just felt like it didn't have enough time. Like if it had like one more episode for all the characters to gel together and mix yeah. in well and simmer, um, that that's what I felt like it really needed. So like that's the thing I'm going to definitely be looking for. Because I just I just felt like it needed just a little bit more time. And so, um, but I also kind of felt like that about uh, Mando season two and my thoughts on that changed. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see how I feel about it. So it might be a little different because there hasn't been as much time, but there's been enough time. Yeah, it, it's weird because now we're getting into the more recent stuff, which is, um, <coughs> geez, like. We'll be just finishing up getting into Kenobi as Andor is finishing. And right. it, it's weird, but we're getting to this place where we're starting to get caught up to current stuff. Because unlike Mando, when Mando if they had it, If they hadn't pushed back their schedules that much, we might not be have to worry about that as much. Yeah, because the thing about, like, by the time we finish Book of Boba Fett, and of course we'll have, like, our, our Christmas stuff that we do every year as well. Um, but once we finish Book of Boba Fett, we only really have six episodes of Kenobi and then Andor, which is a mm-hmm. weird place to be in because we've never been like caught up to the current stuff. 
<laughs> never, which is a weird place to be in. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, what if we get caught up and there's no more new Star Wars? Like, <laughs> There's always droids and Ewoks. I, I, you can always go to the droids and Ewoks. Well, you know, I've actually seen droids and Ewoks and I'd be down. I actually, I no, I, I, I think we should. I mean, if we're going to be completists about it, you know, and we should be I, completists about it. I and think. honestly, I brought this up. I would love to do Freemaker Adventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would if love to do if Freemakers. It's, if it's Star Wars TV show, we should be doing it, you know? Yeah, I, I this, would actually... At this point, so yeah. far, that's what we've been doing. Or if it's a movie. If it's Star Wars and it's moving, <laughs> we're pretty much doing it. Yeah, if, if we get caught up, I would love to do... Because um, Droids and Ewoks... If it gets um, too caught up, we'll start doing Star Wars moving GIFs and reviewing those. Because I think it's... I can't. It's been a hot minute since I've seen Droids and Ewoks. But the thing about Droids and Ewoks is they have arcs. Um, actually, no, I haven't seen Ewoks. I've only seen Droids. Droids, um, Droids is different than Ewoks. Is much more like episodic. Smurfs. Yeah, much more. Yeah, like I it's have much, not. It's, it's aimed at an even younger audience than Droids was. I yeah. Now that I think about it, I have not seen Ewoks. But um, with Droids, Droids was arcs. So I could see, and, and like the episodes are kind of, I know, sh shallow is a very cruel world, word. Um, they that, are of that, their time. That, that is not what I mean. So like if we do droids, I would almost want to tackle it by arc. Yeah, um, okay, instead of trying to, yeah. Yeah, um, but even then, like I, I actually, I really did enjoy droids for, for what it is. I, it, was a, it was a fun little ride. Um, but yeah, now that I think about it, I've never seen Ewoks. So, um, and I just, one of these days I want to do Freemakers. I really do. I love, I love Freemaker Adventures. I really do. Um, if we get through Andor and there's nothing else, I, I would actually, I would actually vote for Freemakers first. <laughs> to be honest, I, I would vote for Freemakers first because I just love that show. So, and I, I, I've been needing to, I've been really wanting to rewatch it. So, um, well, if you don't have anything else for season two of Mando, where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com. That is our website. And uh, full of a, 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 it's a veritable diamond mine of podcasts of all different kinds. You can go in there and, and explore. And if you're a social media person, you can go to Facebook. We got the 2 True Freaks podcast there. <coughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's our cool Facebook reaction. page where we post all our episodes. Excuse <coughs> <coughs> um, me. And we have the Two True Freaks Cantina where we just hang out. I think I just blasted that frog out of my throat. And uh, we <sighs> go there if you have to, but you can go to Twitter. We don't do the Twitter thing where we fight with anybody. We just post up our episodes there under Two True Freaks at Twitter. And and the guy who does that is the steadfast Gene Gene, the the Twitter machine, I guess. I don't know. Gene, and I just want to clarify, I don't fight on Twitter. I just write really long blogs about why people are wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> In a nutshell. In a nutshell. But that's where they can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? Oh, geez, I don't have everything in front of me. Um, you can you find know. <coughs> you can find me at tutorfreaks.com. No, 
Oh, hope. I was so off on that. Um, you can find me at JGuysAndJedi on Twitter. That is our Twitter account. I run it. And you can also find me at Hope Molinux on Twitter. That's where you can usually see me screaming about stuff. Um, I am also a writer, a staff writer for The Geeky Waffle. I am a contributor for Dork Side of the Force. So please go check me out over there. Um, I like getting paid. Um, and I also am, we are launching, I believe, this week. So it should be out by now. Um, our new podcast that I'm doing with a bunch of really cool people called For Light and Dice. It is a Star Wars tabletop podcast set in the High Republic. And I'm playing a character named Gauze. And Chris, our DM, has finished editing. Um, part of the reason it was slightly delayed because Chris, I don't know how he did it. He was moving and editing. He moved to an entire differently different place to live while editing, and I have no idea how he did it. He's amazing. That's uh, a different Chris, but that sounds like something I would do too. Yeah, like in the <laughs> midst of moving, he was still editing podcasts, and I don't know how he did it. Because um, I could not, and I give him all the props. But he has told us that it's hilarious, and he's excited, and I can't wait to hear the final product, because I've heard our intro episode, and it sounds amazing. Um, and I'm really excited for this project, guys. So go check out for Light and Dice. And next week, dun, 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 dun. I can't do the. I was about to say like I was trying to do the Boba Fett music, and then I realized I don't remember what it sounds like. Like I can hear it in my head, but I, can't I gotta dig up the soundtrack to Book of Boba Fett now. Yeah, no, it's more of like the. Dun, 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 dun. That sounds like a. Anyway, next week is Book of Boba Fett, you guys. <laughs> hey, Hope, I think I thought of a new uh, Star Wars sex pun that you didn't use. <gasps> Hit me. Tuscan Triple X Raiders. Eh, yeah. not, your, not your best. Not my best? Okay. I, I thought you were going to say, I, I, like... I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that, but I have to try. I have. Yeah. I thought you were going <laughs> to say something like, he booked her Boba Fett. Oh, booked, marked, and busy, which is also a really good podcast, guys. Go listen to Booked, Marked, and he, Busy. He manhandled her DeLorean. Ah. <laughs> so, all right, it's late. We've been here for a while. Go to bed, everybody. Or I guess if you're waking up or going to work, have fun at work. And be get safe to work. Yeah, get to work. Get back to work. <laughs> Yes, 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 you guys. And we'll see you next week for Book of Boba Fett. Bye. Bye-bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? 
That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.